Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So wait. Now can you hear this? They are almost professional level. Yeah, but I take that back every word of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So now we get to go use our stuff. All right. Don't keep doing that because you're going to, you're going to, I'll I'll hang up in in fury. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Board Game Snobs podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. Welcome, hola, and salutations to all who listen to what is possibly the greatest board game podcast that's not really about board games. 90% banter. 10%. No, wait, wait. Not 99% banter. 80% wheel, 5% something power of, what's that Fort Minor song? Power of Attorney. Oh, no. 90% banter, 10% board games. We'll go with that. Jerry's here. I'm the primary star. I'm the primary host, Gabby, and with us also is our friend. Hello. <laughs> the showpiece. Wait, you, you keep saying showpiece. That, I don't showpiece. know what that sounds like. Like you should. I, I don't think know. A showpiece is like a trophy wife. I think that's slang for trophy wife in England. I'm basically, I just, the guy with who just puts his mustache on the cover of board games and just looks silly. Basically, that's, that's a showpiece. That's not. Way to self-deprecate, Enrico. That's very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice with the And with us today, Dan. I would say special guest, but this is your fourth appearance? Daniel. Third appearance? Daniel. So he's a regular guest? Daniel. Regular guest. Hughes. Primary guest. That's what Primary I call Primary guest, Dan Hughes. <laughs> Does Dan have a yes. middle name? Daniel? What's your middle name? Francis. Uh, no, uh, it starts with a G. Gene. Gertrude. No, no. George. George, Daniel George. Now you can all steal my identity. And why wouldn't you? Let's face it. Everybody aspires to be me. Um, What what about you would I want to steal? Well, um, my dashing good looks. (laughs) I say again, what about you would I want to steal? (laughs) My immense wealth. My my status as titan of the internet. Self-appointed, self-appointed. I hey, hey, has anyone ever told you what's that comedian's name? Uh, the Dan Carlin. No, the uh, comedian Strat, uh, Jamie Stegmeyer. No, he's not a comedian. Uh, Mitch Hedberg. He was on the Sarah Silverman show. Carrot Top. He I has a bit he, like Carrot Top. He has a poker podcast. A poker as in cards or yeah. <laughs> Yes, cards. Brian Posehn. You are the spitting image of Brian Posehn. Well, I've never seen Brian Posehn. Hey, so, uh, we can screen share on Zoom, but that takes up too much time. Everyone, yeah, yeah. L- side by side, Posehn, <laughs> P-O-S-E-H-N. Let me see. That's it, insane. That is, that is like your twin brother from another mother, Dan. Right there. You should check Oh, that. I have been accused of looking like him before, you, yes. It's a striking resemblance. Yes. Uh, he was in a. I watched an episode of The Neighborhood with uh, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, and he had an episode in that. And I was like, and he had that long grizzled beard that you had. That I see now you have shaved. 
I have shaved. I've shaved because I went to a wedding on the weekend, last weekend, and so I thought it was appropriate. I was best man, no less. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought it was appropriate to uh, to to shave. I, 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 was best, I was saving this for my own podcast, but because Delicio is never around. Um, I, What's I, the deal I, with I, that guy? Well, uh, he's busy. He's always busy. He's jetting off to some kind of retreat. Every three seconds is a new Dice Tower retreat or, or something like that. Um, but anyway, I... I, I did a best man speech, a very short best man speech, and it had only had two jokes in it because it was incredibly short. Um, and 50% of those jokes were about Dungeons and Dragons. And 50% of those jokes died on the <laughs> I don't mind telling you. <laughs> they, met, they were met with very, very puzzled frowns by everybody apart from the group. Not a big so, D&D uh, crowd there. No, not a big D&D crowd. They were, they were a big brass band crowd, actually. So... Uh, yeah, because the, the the bride is a drummer in a brass band, so all the uh, all the brass band. You should have made some Artie Shaw jokes. I don't even have to, I've got that. that, that <laughs> I, even I wouldn't have got that. Oh, so okay. that's, that would be no good at all. What you should have had yeah. is somebody doing a rim shots every time you said a joke in the back. That would have been good. Yeah, that'd have got the drummer. Yeah, yeah. Going. So, okay, yeah. can you regale us with one of your jokes? Well, they, they weren't. They no, no. I'm, I'm putting the whole thing behind me. I'm putting the whole thing behind me now. It, it's like I'm, I'm wiping it from my mind, like it never happened. Like total recall. Uh, you, you, total you rolled recall a you rolled a D one on those jokes. Yeah, I, I, it was it was bad. It was it was even a joke about how I wasn't going to make any Dungeons and Dragons jokes. That's what it was. Oh, it was inceptual. It was, it was. I primarily know the groom through our shared love of board gaming and, and Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. So I can't make a long speech because most of it, you'd have to get a 15-minute monologue about he and I rolling a six and beating that orc one time. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the joke. I thought, that's a good joke. I, I think that's a good joke. Delivered properly, which obviously that wasn't at that point. Um, that would be a good joke. But everyone, just stony silence, absolute stony silence. Um, so I thought, right. And then you uh, you should have started off with some de- self-deprecating humor, Jerry. Well, that self-deprecation, we were going to talk about that. Thank you for hard merging into that. I'll actually hard merge this twice because I recently had to give an impromptu speech, I guess you could say. And so I will relay this. Well, that's a court appearance, not a speech, isn't it? You can't really count it when you when you when you when it's court appearance. It's called testimony. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of hard merge, I just I have to use this every now and then. Merge into board games. Oh, that was awful. You're the one that got that clip. We're not hard merging in the board games. Okay, then ignore that whole thing. I'm going to. Please, you waste your time. Try not to waste any more time. You're like an awful 80s music breakfast DJ. (laughs) (laughs) This this program, this podcast. I I let it go. I let it go when you were saying that you were the premier nonsense pretending to be a board game podcast even though we know you're the second best and that's a far distant second <laughs> well i'd like to uh, wait, let out. me say this and we're back go ahead jerry <laughs> <laughs> uh i recently just well i say recently we just got done talking about self deprecation but a few days we ago, talked about self deprecation on the podcast coming out after this one and often making references to the podcast we're about to record that was already in the oh, past wow. it's very interesting when- so there's why don't some. You just, why there, don't you just do it the other way? Why don't you just release that one first? Then no, we're no, not. No, no. It, there's some things we're going to have to say so that it'll make sense on the next podcast. Um, wow. Essentially, I was recently awarded due to uh, my wonderful coworkers and the community that I live in a certain award that I don't 
particularly want to get well into. But basically, the local community was doing this thing about healthcare workers, and they like it was put on. Oh, good for you. You're welcome. And so here in you, you know, like in the shocking in the states, they're doing this thing about you know healthcare heroes and all this stuff. And for some reason or another, my name I got put out there. And long story short. Don't act like you didn't put it in there 20 times. I won. <laughs> I, I won. And so I was surprised to Stuff come in. Stuff in the ballot boxes. I didn't even know it existed. I was surprised to come into work. There was a lot of people there. And I panicked because it was obvious that I needed to give some sort of like Oscar speech. And I blanked. And so I looked amongst the crowd and realized there's nobody here that probably has watched this show. So basically, I gave my own rendition of the speech given by Major Dick Winters at the end of Band of Brothers. Uh, that I'm not a hero, but I lead a company of heroes. <laughs> and so if anybody ever watches that series and realize that I stole his speech there at the last... Can uh, we go back to his name real quick? What is it? Dick Winters. Okay. Interesting. Go ahead. Great. You've never watched Band of Brothers? No, I just think there's going to be an anonymous letter going into your work, I should suspect, with uh, Gabby's handwriting asking them all to watch uh, the Dick Winter speech in Band of Brothers. That's what I would do in his situation. It's on its way. Anyway, (laughs) so now that I have been labeled a hero, which I have a hard time arguing with, because I I have done heroic things by definition. I have been given, like, I don't want to say a plaque, but things that say that my name and thus equals hero. Platitudes. It's hard for me to understand self-deprecation. Like, I have a pretty good firm view on what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And one thing that I've always appreciated about Mr. Daniel Hughes is that he and I share the same reasonable outlook upon ourselves and our abilities and our strengths and our weaknesses. And we are not one to self-deprecate. Interesting, because I would say I self-deprecate incredibly a lot. Oh, so you're one of those people. Uh, yeah. I think that self-deprecation is useless, Welcome though, to Dan. the team, Dan. Fight <laughs> me over this. I think that now, now I want your opinion as a psych- psychiatric, whatever they call you. Um, me- yeah, mental health. Mental nurse. health. Well, yeah, I'm, we don't do mental health. Mental health, health nurse. Mental health mm. nurse. Um, self-deprecation. Is that an activity that is healthy to engage in? Emotionally, mentally. I think, I think it depends on the culture you grow up in, Jerry. Because I think I think the things that you're taking for me being self-deprecating, being not self-deprecating, like me calling myself an internet titan, uh, in actual fact, self-deprecation, because it's me making the joke that I am not an internet titan. If you see what I mean. It, 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 it's, it's done with a sense of uh, irony. Is irony the right word? I don't know, whatever. I think self-identification is a fantastic tool. It's a fantastic tool to, it's a social lubricant. It's a way of ingratiating yourself into, into society without people thinking you're big-headed. It's a way of uh, demonstrating that you don't believe you're above anybody else. It's a way of gelling, and it's a way of making people laugh. I and mean, we all like lubricant. making people laugh. But gelling. if I didn't feel like I'm better than everybody else? What if there's <laughs> like, if, I, if I'm being told it's I'm a like, hero? It's like- <laughs> It's like, you know. How can I deny it? (laughs) There's a group of people I want to, you know, ingratiate myself to. You got to lube up. Put that self-deprecation on and slide right on in there. I would say that self-deprecation is. I think it's self-awareness and you lack that sometimes. I don't. 
You do. I am aware no, of my you do surroundings. Not. Whenever you come into, and I've said this on a podcast before. Oh, so it must whenever, be true. It is. Whenever you come into <laughs> my home and my wife is trying to relax in her chair. Your and wife. Jerry comes to do that. Easy now. Easy. When she's like, and you're just like, ah, why are you watching? Blah, blah. I'm like, Jerry, just come in here and play guys. Oh, well, what are you going on? And he's like, Jerry's the star of his own show now. Well, here's the thing. He's the star of his own show. Wherever he walks into, he's the star of his own show. And he doesn't realize sometimes people just want to chill. They want to relax. They don't want to be regaled with story after story of how heroic you are. Gobby's wife, Gina, is a jewel. <laughs> and unfortunately, her life, she spends around somebody who is less than outgoing let me just say that and so a boulder are you saying a bowl a jewel compared to a boulder essentially and so obviously when i come over i bring a certain a certain level of not just culture oh but God. but just you know, it, it, it lightens her day up. And I can tell. I know you don't pick up on She's it. She's a jewel. She doesn't want any of your foolish games. She looks... That that was a deep cut. Oh, um, wow. wow. That wow. was really good. Is she, is she even still alive? There's some boomers right now that are just... <laughs> wow. They're sitting there polishing their new balances going, Oh, yeah. That was good. Do you remember? That was meant for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Delisio just spilt his Tom Collins. His seltzer. His seltzer. <laughs> Honey! They're talking about us. <laughs> Tiffany. Tiffany. Oh, yeah, Tiffany. She's another jewel. All, why is it that all the board game media Carrie, people. Carrie, Tiffany, Gina. That I know. Jewels. Jewels. No denial. No denial. Um. <laughs> anyways, That's Gobby's insane. wife is very nice. We need to have her on the podcast, but she, she doesn't. She refuses. She hates podcasting. She doesn't like, she doesn't hate podcasting. I have asked her, I'm like, babe, I'd like to get your perspective on our board games. Well, it's nothing to do with it. Our nothing. only hope is that if God, if Enrique will attract someone, and then that person will come, that would be nice. Why are you like putting hopes on that? I'm not. Yeah. I'm just saying that one day, Enrique, I- do you enjoy being single? Yes. Oh wow! Now this is this is unfair. I I sat through you interrogating Matthew Jude about his single state. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hunting. I've been on the hunt for Matthew. I've been trying to get him a woman. I'm trying yeah. to help, huh. doing my best. But Enrique, yes. We've been trying. Oh, no. And we've just, we've not been successful. I know you haven't been successful. I left the... We're looking for player number two to pick up that controller right beside you. And the lady I at Dunkin' Donuts. I hate how used a video game reference for that, <laughs> well, but it was kind of clever. I mean, it's going to be you in your mom and dad's me. house still, but it's okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. that happens. We, I, Me and Gina, we sold our house, moved into my in-laws temporarily. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of things about my in-laws that, you know... Sometimes I wish you didn't know. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> what okay, I never said this before. Okay, go ahead. When me and my wife were dating. It's kind of weird to date your wife, but go ahead. <laughs> with me, a hashtag date night. Does that bother you? Mm-hmm. It bothers me when couples put date night, hashtag date night. It's your wife. What well, yeah. you date when you're dating. Now, if you want to take uh, this is the thing, especially if you have no kids, every night's date night for you and your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're married, got kids, got a lot going on, sure. Take a date night, go out for a dinner with you and your wife alone, slough your kids off on a babysitter or your in-laws. If right? you're married, it's hashtag 
quietly ignoring each other with a hint of passive aggressiveness <laughs> night. Is that you watch but- Netflix alone <laughs> while <laughs> I paint my miniatures. Yes. Yes. Wow. I, the date night, like that, to me, that's a social, that's a, that's something you put on Instagram just to make everybody say, oh, he loves her so much. Yes, exactly. Bro. I was going to say, it's a hashtag, but that's the problem, not the date night. You can go date night to each other. But the fact you need to advertise it to the world that you are spending some time with your wife is pathetic, quite frankly. You're they all pathetic. advertise it. And I hate, I'm like, why do you got to advertise you're on date night? Dan. Because they want other people to be jealous. That's why they want they want to they want to paint this picture of a life that exactly that is ad- admired and, and coveted by other people, and I don't approve. I don't approve. God damn it. Let's make this a, a, a. I gotta edit so much that Jan, Dan said so far. Dan's passionate. <laughs> well, no, we try to keep this a family show. Hashtag family show. <laughs> no, just bleep it out. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute, Dan. I wasn't aware. I wasn't saying. Cool. Yeah, sorry. Yep. I need to know what you did. Then this will help Enrique out. What no, did you do to woo Mrs. Hughes? Oh, well, what did you do? I I was I, my, Mrs. Hughes was originally going out with one of my friends. <gasps> um, yeah, oh scandal! And then she broke up with him, and I, I, I just was around. I, I'm no good at asking people out. They just have to kind of drop enough hints around me saying they find me mildly attractive. I'm the yeah, same way. Same. That's how I met my wife. Yeah, I was just, yeah, just extremely handsome at the time. And she made enough moves toward me where even an idiot like me, self-deprecation, could realize that she was attracted to me. So, yeah. you were you a nurse at the time? No, my my first date with my wife was the um the first was the first day of nursing college for me. So that was that was twenty three years ago now. No, but I was working with people who learned difficulty. So I was I was I was a hero at that point. I, I was, you know, the, the first date with my wife was with somebody who was also a failed uh what do you call that a failed suitor i guess you could say oh, okay somebody who was yeah, interested in her and she spurned his his, his advances. advances he had then thus been married and recently married and we and him were friends and we went on a date together he taking his wife and me being quite socially awkward, taking my newly asked out girlfriend. Wait, 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 wait. Your friend was your wife's ex-boyfriend. Yes. No. no? He desperately wanted to be and was spurned. Oh, oh spurned. Spurned. The yeah, spurned. I, we, when you get the spurn in the South, that. it means you, you're, 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 you're spirited away. You're, you're told to. Anyway, okay. long story short, on the way to the restaurant, we witnessed a car wreck, which I then stopped the vehicle, jumped yeah, over yeah. a fence, became a hero, and jumped on you top of a. Yes, a oh, half yeah, sunken car knocked out a window and pulled some unconscious individual out of a sinking. Yeah, that, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. I said, I said, do you want to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Said, yeah. <laughs> Did your shirt happen to rip off midway yeah. through Jerry? Pretty much. Uh, of course he would say that. So, Dan, your uh, take on self-deprecation, I think that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I think that people, and I have a very controversial view of it, because all of my views are controversial. Because there's novelty. Yep. Right. 
Uh, I think that just self-deprecating is an excuse. It's cliche at this point. Yes, actually. not to. It's not cliche. I'm not cliche. If you do enough things enough times, it becomes cliche for you at that point. I, I don't know if you know what that word means. I don't. I may not. Look it up. He's, he's just looking it up now. Look yeah. it up now, please. Uh, hey, with, wait, wait, wait. This would be a good spot for our ad sponsor. We have not yet done it. Are you, you going to read it? We need to read it right now. Now this is this is the ad sponsor. You do your We're being ad. featured this week, Dan, and I brought you on. I was like, Dan, he will bring the numbers because he's an internet titan. Internet titan, mm-hmm. Dan, uh, a dice tower regular. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, regular host, no less. Not even not even one of the the high ploy contributors. No, I'm I'm a host. You had advanced beyond contributor to host. Uh, you, Mike, and Chris uh, once a month. Very nice. The yeah. the coup is nearly complete. What? The coup. <laughs> coup? You know what a coup is? Oh, the coup? I thought you said the who is nearly complete. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. It's, it's been going a while, but yeah, I suppose so. I think one of my contributors the police. <laughs> okay, here, here's my ad read. <clears throat> nice this- merge. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I'm sure they appreciate that. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host board game snobs. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone, Jerry. Really? I don't know. I'm supposed to ad lib in here. Don't ad lib. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P O D B. E A N. Head on over. Head on over to Podbean at <laughs> www.podbean.com and use the code. Here's the code, everybody. Use this code, Podcast Twenty One, for your first thirty days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. I'm drinking Jim Beam, <laughs> so it's, 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 it all works out. You're at, this is what it feels like to sell out. This is when you feel like you're, I, you're, you're only <laughs> receiving money instead of being featured. But that's okay. Being featured uh, is kind of like we being need them clicks. the prettiest. Like people are watching us now. We're being pointed, and so who knows? This podcast might take off, and we might uh, be something very special in the future. Who knows? I, I think we're special now. I the relationship I have with you and Enrique, it's special to me. Even Dan is our primary guest. Mm-hmm. I feel very special. Dan is a designer, and I'm very <laughs> pleased that I inspired him to design Core <laughs> Quest and that he proclaimed on this very podcast he wouldn't ever had His no interest. His vehement denial. I don't want to design a, pod, a board game, and then he went out and designed a board game. I think it's amazing it's what a smash hit. I can do to inspire people who are not motivated, who have no want or drive. But that's what I do. I'm kind of like, what's that guy that motivates people? The motivational speaker. Like, he lives in the van down by the river. Uh, Chris Farley is all I know. Uh, anyways, so with Dan, as we are ancient... Anxiously awaiting core quest. You and me both. Right. And I, I I I am just as nervous as you are in terms of all the shipping issues and everything. It doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. But I have found that just watching your your campaign and all that it entails has done everything to make me not want to ever kick do a Kickstarter myself or design a board game. I've watched this and thought, thank God I did not attempt this myself. Because it looks horrifying. And so not only the the just the interactions that you have to have with other people, but like what 
When do you get to be at the VTOL Lacerda level when you don't have to worry about other people's thoughts or opinions or shipping or anything of that nature? <laughs> That's where I want to be. I think you need to be – I think you can get there as long as someone else publishes your game. I think if, if you're publishing your game, you need to be on. I don't I – don't, it's been an experience, but I think I've been quite lucky in the interactions I've had with people. None of it's been particularly negative. Um, sometimes I wish that people read the updates before asking me questions, which I've just told them about in the updates. But other than that, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I've just finished – I'm just halfway through – designing the expansion actually just in case just in case we need it um so if, i don't know if we will need it or not it depends on how it lands but i just thought i'd get on with that and, and a company has picked up the game as well hasn't it yeah 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 uh, well yeah sort of yeah no it definitely has it's just it's a company that's also run by the person who was helping me kickstart in the first place so it's it's kind of a little bit incestuous but it's been translated to six languages jerry six languages so mm. people can play your game in english British and what else? Yorkshire, um, yeah, American, but you have to Londoner. Change a few words. Yeah, um, no, it's going to be in Korean, Chinese, uh, French, Spanish, Dutch, and Polish and English. Ah, the Dutch. Mm. I have, I have, yes, I have feelings about the Dutch. I know a number of Dutch people. They're they're a very blunt race. Yes, Jerry. they are. You, you'll probably get on with them very well. They they tell you what they think. Now, I, I, tell you that much. I couldn't find their country if I tried. I don't know exactly where Holland is at. Well, there, there is no such country as Holland, so you're all right. Well, there we go. They're Dutchland. <laughs> yeah. Dutchland? Are they Dutchlands? It's, it's, it's Netherlands. Netherlands. I get it confused. Jerry, you're so embarrassing I'm right American. Now. I don't know. We're not part no, of... No, it's confused. Holland, Holland is an area within the Netherlands. That's I a think. sauce over here that we don't use. <laughs> Netherlands sauce. We we think that... I'm from the South. We think mayonnaise is a side dish. <laughs> we don't use these other fancy condiments. In, in the UK, mayonnaise is a, is a quite quite middle class and fancy in itself really yeah i made yeah. a dish last night and i say i made a dish it was from one of those boxes that they send you in the mail like you can sign up where they'll send you do they do that in england where they send you food in the mail um yes they do i have gotten into the habit of making dinner utilizing the whatever we call it, is it the hello fresh whatever company they need to be a sponsor Dan, okay, Jerry, stop. Dan, what have you been up to? I've been drinking a lot of Jim Bean, so I'm talking a lot. <laughs> Dan, what have you been up to? As you said, you and uh, Mike have your own podcast, Sporadically Bored. Mike. And it's, it is it is very sporadic these days. Very it, sporadic. Well, month, monthly, we're aiming for. Monthly. And I'm also on the, the, the Dice Tower monthly as a, as a co-host on their board the, game breakfast. The board game thing. breakfast with you, Mike, and Chris Yee. Yeah, and it's fun. I'm enjoying doing that. But I've not been up to a, a lot. I've been doing a lot of Core Quest stuff. That's been taking up most of my free time. I, I, I don't know if you're aware of what day it is today, guys. I do not. It's November the 5th. Do you know the significance of November the 5th in the UK? It's Guy Fawkes. It's Guy Fawkes Day. So, so Guy it's, bonfire, it's bonfire night. Um, and so the entire of the air is full of fireworks at the moment. So you might hear some banging and whizzing and popping i have only seen v for vendetta once and that's my only intro into uh guy fox day well that's not really what it's based off but yeah natalie, and, Port <laughs> natalie like, portman uh, is a jewel and i speaking of jewels 
We don't all come together to celebrate V for Vendetta. So what, um, what is Guy Fox Day to us Americanos? It's something to do with Brexit. Jerry, I didn't ask you. Something to do with what? I asked- Brexit. <laughs> Nothing have something to do with Brexit. Hey, hey, where's Brexit before Brexit? It's, it, it's, it's just, I don't know if you call it celebration. It's it's celebrating the, the moment where a man called Guy Fawkes, or Gildo Fawkes, I think his real name was, tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Didn't um, he take the ring to Mordor? Yep, yep, he did that as well. After after he tried to blow up the, the uh, House of Parliament. And so he was stopped from doing so, and he was um, dragged through the streets of London, then burnt alive on a bonfire. Oh. Ouch. Well, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> well, wait a minute. He, yeah, yeah, he may have been drawn and quartered as well. as uh, He was treated quite well. It was all about wanting to bring the Catholic faith to the UK, and, and the UK didn't So really why do y'all celebrate it? That's what I don't... Why, I don't know. I never really quite understood why we celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> We get a big bonfire and you put a dummy on it, which you call a guy, and so you burn this effigy. And often it's the effigy of Guy Fawkes, but sometimes it's the effigy of. And he burn. and he's been a he was a fox. Fox, it's fox. spelled different. Fox. Fox. That's what I find I, fascinating. He was a fox this whole fox. time. Stop his furry little tail. No, fox. Stop. You're saying that it guy wrong. was a fox. No, he might have been Dutch actually. He, oh, I'm not sure. the Dutch. He was, he the Dutch. It goes I back to the Dutch. Issues with the Dutch. What's up with you and the Dutch? They eat dark. All right, I'm not. I'm not racist. But they eat oh, no, 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 no. Never start a phrase with that. Everyone says that, and they make it really racist. What you're saying is that the Dutch oh. puzzle me. Uh, no, I love Bruges. Um, no, I didn't know you burnt stuff on there. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we burn an effigy, and um, and there's a bonfire. But then there's fireworks, and I'm, I've always been petrified of fireworks and and sparklers. You guys have sparklers, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yes. Why, yeah. Why are you petrified of those? Well, because during, during my youth, there was a very effective public safety advertising campaign about the dangers of fireworks, which has emotionally scarred me to a significant extent. And so now I'm petrified of the fireworks because I'm afraid they're going to blow up in my face. And there were some really scary adverts on about holding sparklers the wrong end by the wrong end and <laughs> getting burned and, and, and fireworks blowing up in your face. And Did some of you, like, light the sparkler and then grab, grab the, le- the end was that was on fire? Was there a demonstration? No, when it goes out, you put it down and you pick it back up again. And oh, oh and don't grab the end that's on fire. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem that complicated. Enrique's over here talking trash. Enrique stuck his hand in a toaster that was on. So yeah. you have no, like, yeah, we don't let free you. Do, you have no freeness of speech, Enrique. No and July 4th, I wanted my toast, though. Yeah. It was stuck in the toast. Yes. I know. And so July 4th here, like blowing up fireworks and things of that nature. So like everybody here does fireworks, even year round, even. We have fireworks stores that only open for like two weeks before July 4th and just yeah. sell fireworks. Well, that's fireworks. the same with us, apart from with November the 5th. It's, got, it's basically roughly uh, very analogous to, uh, yeah. And we also, but now it's crept into, it's basically from now till New Year's Eve because we do fireworks on New Year's Eve as well. So I just hate fireworks. I hate fireworks. It's, it's like Beirut out there. It's awful. And the dogs, dogs hate fireworks. Dogs hate fireworks. I hate fireworks. Let's ban them. That's what I say. I hate dogs. Not there's really. A fi- there's a firework. I'm not interested in what you hate and what you don't hate, Jerry, um, because because you don't like self-deprecation. Um, <laughs> there's a firework factory just over the valley from me, or used to be a firework factory just over the valley from me, and they used to have, and we can still see them, they've all got pillboxes that are all 
like 50 meters apart and each pillbox had one person in it working on the fireworks because they couldn't all work in the same building because in case one exploded it was to stop the rest of the, the place going up in a massive... In case Gerald come to work on meth, we don't want him shaking, <laughs> exactly. setting exactly. off a sparkler with the M80s. That makes yeah. sense. That's a good right. OSHA you, safety you, thing. You can talk about your hatred of dogs now. Uh, no, well, no, I have a fake hatred of dogs. What happens is, and I was telling Enrique this, I was trying to help Enrique understand that what he needs to do to suss out any potential mates is to say something that's mildly controversial. So just put out an opinion that might raise some eyebrows. And so just tell somebody, hey, I don't like dogs. I think that they're just, they're, they're, their loyalty is very sus. You think your dog loves you, but he doesn't. It's situational. If he was raised with somebody else, he would love that. Person. No, 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 no. I, I, I think that's more cats. No. Say, that, that's the same as every. That's the same as human beings. You think your wife loves you, but if she never knew you, she wouldn't love you. You adopt yes. a kid and treat it good; it's going to love you. That's not true. I have two no. of them, and that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, you, you have to, like I, that's how it goes. So I'm, I'm going to have a talk with Kaya when she gets old enough. Kaya loves me. So, <laughs> yeah. You just no. said she didn't. No, I no. just know you have to earn it. No. It's like anything else. It's earned. Good thing you're a hero. I, I well, when you're when your father's a hero, it's hard <laughs> not to love him. I don't know. It's good. I'm glad Dan has like four or five kids, doesn't he? Dan has several. How many kids, kids you got, three. Dan? So he's in, three. Cora being one of them. She's like eight or nine. She's Cora's the most profitable one so far. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have Cora on the podcast, Jerry. <laughs> That would bring in the Dan. Numbers. Would you allow Cora on our podcast? Uh, yeah, she's in bed at the moment. But, um, otherwise, what's her bedtime? Uh, well, it's what time is it now? It's ne- it's nearly ten now, so it's before now. She went to bed at half eight. Half eight. I'm guessing that's eight thirty. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You're a weird British timekeeping. Half so eight. strange. That's a third past Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 when does the Queen go to bed? Well, we can't. What's what, the tenth before the Queen? Yeah. So you, yeah, you have three children, and kids are a wonderful thing, especially okay, when you. See, can this is a conversation I have to tune out on because well, I don't uh, have kids, so could, I'm you, out. You could have had kids, but you chose wisely. I chose not to because really. At some point in time, the kids will turn against you, and you have to be strong enough to decide, is it them or me? (laughs) And so, I like, that would be the thing. So, that's where you got to be at. You got to be ready. Or you got to be able to profit off off your kids. And so, like with Cora, Cora and Dan, that's a great skit. That's a thing. That's like Dan Hughes is the... Like Kim Kardashian. What's the Mama Kardashian? I'm like the Fagin. The Fagin of the board gaming world. That's what I like to think of myself. Fagin. Um, Who are the Fagins? Uh, that's that's an Oliver Twist uh, reference. Oh, no, we wow. Don't, we don't read We books. don't read Dickens. We don't. Well, you must have seen the film. The Muppets haven't made a version yet, but when they do, I recommend you watch it. The Is Muppets. That the one? Can I have some more poets, please? <laughs> Oliver. You must know Oliver. I've heard the name, but I've never, I've never, I don't, I'm not familiar. Fagin, Fagin was the chief. Of all the pick, he employed all the pickpockets. Ah, okay. Uh, the joke's significantly less funny when it was only mild in the first place, and then you have to explain it. Right, um, much like your D and D joke at your wedding. Very much like the D and D joke at the wedding. Yes. When are we going to hard merge this into board game talk? And now a hard merge into board games. Um, okay, so let's talk board games with furnace. Dan Hughes. Let's get it hot. Furnace. I like mm. it hot. Just How like are we going to talk about Furnace with Dan? Dan, have you played Furnace? 
No, but I, I can listen to you talk about oh furnace. Uh, no, Dan- I told Dan we were going to discuss oh, emotions no. correlating to I board games. I have strong emotions, and they burn hot like furnace. We'll have to talk about furnace at another time. Our audience will have I to wait I done said we would weeks. talk about it in the podcast that's in okay. the future, right. but yet in the past, I said we'd talk about furnace even further into the so, future. Dan, you have feelings <laughs> about board games. Um, yeah, yeah, I do have feelings about board games. I generally like them. But you haven't played any in a long time. So when I told you we're going to ask you if you'd come on the show, you're like, as long as we don't have to talk about board games, because you haven't played any. (laughs) I played a few. I played, um, I played, um, oh, what's it called? You see? Undaunted Normandy recently, um, which I really, really like. So what, what feeling is it in Undaunted Normandy? Well, this is it. This is interesting because, because. You said you wanted to talk about feelings in board games and emotions in board games and what what fee, what emotions board games kind of generate and things like that. And I um, I'm not sure I like board games generating emotions because because when they when they generate strong emotions like excitement or or, or frustration and things, it generally turns to be negative for me unless you're playing a cooperative game. When I start getting excited about a board game, it means when I'm when I'm about to perform the killer move or something like that, and that excitement is always tinged with a bit of aggression um, because you're generally playing against somebody else, and I find that very disturbing about myself. How bad a loser I actually am. Um, I like to I like to think I'm a good loser, but when when I'm really invested and really excited about something, and then it doesn't go my way, I I I, I can get a bit sulky, and often emotions and board gaming don't gel particularly well for me um I, as, as it tends to turn negative i quite like the the more cold the more rational side of, of board gaming and i like the enjoyment and happiness of spending time with my friend but the actual board game causing emotions often aren't massively positive well what about and this is what i was thinking was like when i play a certain games like it will give me a feeling and I, i'm a tingle you call a, a it. tingle it will give me a tingle in your left in your left ear it will give me the tingle in my right ear dan my right oh, ear i apologize and it's like we played space race it was it left me dead inside there was no feelings with space race much like my first wife hated it <laughs> you hated it so and uh, when you say feelings or emotion that could be a broad spectrum so satisfaction is that a feeling well it's no, it might be a feeling but it's not an emotion is it you don't, emo, it's not an emotion satisfaction is an emotion it's a very bland emotion but i was uh. thinking of so like when i play certain games like i broke out riverboat the other day and it was just so smooth and it's like, it gives me, I, I have a feeling, I don't know if it's an emotion, but it gives me a feeling of just like, it clicks in your brain. And because it clicks in my brain, and sometimes games don't click in my brain, I'm like, this is very satisfactory to me. And if something's satisfactory to me, I mean, that's basically like a, like a, I don't know, like brings me peace. And I'm, I'm playing this game and it's bringing me peace playing this game. But you sound like, what you, do you know who you sound like when you say that? Like, oh my God, who? It's, you sound like Mr. Spock. You sound like it's it's bringing you peace because it's clicking and it's it's logical. And it's it, a logical game. Riverboat's a very logical game. I'm sure it is. And so the gears are working, and so and so so it brings you peace because it brings you that kind of meditation, that mindfulness, that kind of 
focusing on on the logic puzzle of it. So it's not raising emotions in you, is it? See, Dan is is drawing a differentiation between emotions and f- this actual type of what you're describing. Oh, you keep talking about satisfaction and him declaring that that's not necessarily an emotion. This is very sad. It might be an emotion. I, do, I just don't I don't consider it emotion for me. I would think satisfaction is an emotion. Well, look, when, when you say emotion, and this is interesting because when you talked about emotions in games, like I thought of like anger, frustration. I mean, those are the outright, yes, but I mean, to me, satisfaction is an emotion. Well, of course you like satisfaction because that's like... We don't need no. You don't need that. The best thing about satisfaction is it's quite satisfying. It satiates I like that. whatever. But I think that when you think of emotions, like I think of excitement. I think of of I think of excitement, frustration, and over that those are the two things that come into mind when I'm yeah, when it's either like it'd be yeah, either excitement or anger. Probably the two people look for when they're looking at a game. The the most excited I've ever seen Gobby in, in a board game is when he literally jumped up from the table and he ran around his house. <laughs> Like he, he jumped up from his kitchen table, ran into his living room, and ran the circle of his house. And we were playing Star Wars Rebellion. One of the greatest days uh, of my life. And it was a game of very thematic, and I was beating the fire out of him the entire game. I was the Imperials. <laughs> I am blowing up planets. And I think I know. The where, Empire was indeed striking back. Yes. I think I know where his, his base is, but I'm moving the Death Star. And every time I moved it, we would fire and blow up another planet. So I'm leaving destruction in my wake, much like my first wife. And then at the very last, he attacks me with a few X-Wings, and it was Leia who was commanding these X-Wings. Mm-hmm. And I destroyed him except one X-Wing. And then he plays this card where he rolls this dice, and if he gets this, he blows up the Death Star and wins. So it came down to this entire game that we had played for like two or three hours being on a dice roll. And this Hail Mary move, and he pulled it off, and he just lost his ever-loving mind. It is one of my greatest he, he tore gaming his, moments. He tore his shirt, ran off, Shredded and just, just, just went insane. And I remember sitting there thinking, this is, this is the feeling. This game is great because it provides that for that particular player. Yeah. You can pull yeah. something off and it have that feeling of... What you you got to relive the the emotions that you felt in watching the original Star Wars and watching. It's that such scene. a good game for that, though, isn't it? Yes. Such a good game. And, anyway, yeah, that's and, the and at the same yeah, time, not that every game of that particular, like not every game of Star Wars Rebellion is going to lead to that. No, but ga- games that have emotions in them, like they're 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 woven. There are certain games that lend themselves to that more than others. For instance, at a previous podcast, we talked about Dead Last, a little stupid party game, and we enjoyed it qu- quite a lot. I made the mistake of taking that game to work and playing that with people who are not board gamers, who are very sensitive and took it personal. And that elicited some very negative emotions amongst the players simply because it was it's a vicious game. Dead Last Dan. Have you heard of that? I've heard of it. I haven't played it. It's very much like playing Mafia, except you're just saying... You're the mafia. Everyone, let's kill him. <laughs> it's just very out in the open, and it's it is not for the sensitive. It is not, but for those that can handle it, it is freaking amazing. Because if you get the majority of people to vote off a particular color, then that person's gone. But if you make that outright known, then that per- person can play this ambush card, which defends them from that. 
So it's like you have to let people know we're voting for this person, but not really. We're voting for this person because if that person knows and it's just it's an amazing game for just how outright blunt and blatant it is. But yet there are certain uh, moves under the table you have to let be known and so it is very exciting but yes it is very blunt and it can hurt feelings because who likes to be voted off yeah it sounds like high school politics the board game uh, it can it be like. it's like mean girls the board game it's yeah. like let's vote off blue but let's really vote off red it's great when it's you because you never see it coming or when you pull something of that that sort off because then it's obvious that you were able to finagle everybody at the table to keep this secret and this person didn't see it coming. But that game in me creates a excitement, B paranoia, both emotions or feelings. I guess feelings and emotions are interchangeable at this point. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's, it's difficult to, to differentiate. Now, that's uh, but being a bit too I, I, harsh. That's what I like about that. Let's go hard merge that into Raiders of the North Sea when I first played it. There's some games that are like, you read all these rules. It's like, oh, my God, what are we playing? It's like freaking Excel spreadsheet. You hear that a lot. But then some games, and it's like you're just waiting for the moment when you finally understand the game. Raiders of the North Sea, I read the rules. We played a round or so, and like, bam, it clicks. And it's like, I understand what this game is doing. And it provided a pleasing sensation to me. I understand that. But that's not an about that. That is your, that is your logic. That's your logic being tickled. So it's not so, your emotions being tickled. So I'm having a hard time differentiating my logic being tickled and my emotions being tickled. Being tickled. I can't yeah. differentiate. I am Spock. I'm not I saying, have a I'm human not saying, I'm not I have I'm a right. human mother. I'm just I'm just saying within my mind, I, I I don't play board games for the emotions. I play it for the See, I do. Puzzle. <sighs> but do you though? It, it, that, that's the same as your ASMR stuff. That's not your emotions, is it? You're getting a pleasurable sensation from from being stimulated. I do. Uh, I <laughs> as we all do. As we all do. I like pleasurable sensations uh, 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 from stimulation. I think I think Dan is is nailing something down here where he, you are mistaking. I might be. A, a, sensations with emotions sensations and this so, game is sensational is right what I right say. And, and i think and dan i think most people can relate to this because even in relationships you have these sensations of man i really like this person blah 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 blah, well, blah. yeah and that's not emotion it's a sensation of this is a new person this is going well oh you know this is going to be great well, you know, go to Ikea and try to buy some furniture and put it together together and see if that sensation lasts and see if you don't hate that person for the rest of your life. Uh, anyways, that point being is that there are certain sensations with board games and then there are certain emotions with others. And I think that that's that differentiates between like and I'll 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 use furnace, which we'd, we'll we'll talk about in another episode. But essentially that game, when I was playing it, it gave me no feelings whatsoever. There was no excitement. There was no anything of that nature. But the sensation of I'm trying to build this very apparent engine by bidding and I need this card and I need to bid high enough to get this card. But now I need to bid on this card to get these resources 
as well. And that would work well. And this is, and so it's all logical. And it's that sensation or that satisfaction of I've got the cards I need. I got the resources I need. Now I'm going to run my engine. That's not necessarily an emotion of excitement, but rather a sensation of everything's going according to plan. Maybe it's a bit like the difference between a craft and an art in that a craft is a, a series of techniques that you you perform to get the the outcome that you want, whereas an art is very much more of an in, in, in interpretation of your own emotions that expresses itself through through um, through painting or, or whatever. And that's hard to understand too, in, unless you're in the unless you take part in something that is considered an art. And I think that a lot of people don't make that differentiation either between a craft and an art. Because a lot of a lot of what we do in connections with with board games, like and I say board games, I say in design. I've never designed a board game, but a lot of designing a board game. You should try it, Jerry. It's good. Uh, I know. I say. I hear that, <laughs> and then I read the comments. <laughs> a lot of uh, there there are board games that are designed via a craft. Like it's obvious you took mechanics that work, and we have pieced these well founded. Uh, mechanics and this spreadsheet and these numbers and it makes sense and then there's art there are board games that are truly are a work of art where you can tell that the designers have put together something that is an expression of their emotions and it lets you it lets you experience something that you can't really have any other way. I, 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 one stupid instance that I often think about when we, that argument comes up about board games and art and craft and whatever, are they truly art? Uh, I think of Zaya, the, um, the, the space game, the, the big sandbox space game. I purchased that. I had it on my shelf for a long time. I finally learned it and we set it up and played it. And during the teach, I remember telling everybody, like, you scan before you put out another tile, another hexagon. And you want to do that because if you don't and you just move your ship in there, you're blindly jumping and you could jump into a sun like you don't do that. And Enrique (laughs) completely ignores this advice and right off the bat says, I'm just going to go. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't do that because there might be something bad in this stack. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. And pulls off a sun and jumps his ship directly into the sun. And so then starts over, fast forward another hour, he's got a new ship, he's got a better ship, and he does it again. I'm like, you shouldn't do that. There might be another sun. I think there's two suns. I think I have the expansion in here. Don't do that. He's like, no, what's the chances of it happening again? And literally... It happened again, and it was... Never tell me the odds, kid. It was absolutely (laughs) hilarious. And so it was obviously, when that happened, I thought, you know the designers did this. They they did this. When they were playtesting this game, they made up this rule because one of their dumb friends did this, and they said, you know what? Let's have this where they can move. And you experience the art of a game, and... Sometimes that's hit or miss, like a a game that is truly artful. It's not for everybody. It's not mainstream. I think some of the most mainstream board games are just that. They're a craft. They work well. They appeal to everybody. They give a good sensation. But then there are games that are truly artful that don't speak to everybody just as art does. Name one. A game that's truly artful. Yeah. That is niched. 
Niche. Niche. I can tell you what Ben Maddox would say, although I've never played the game. Through the ages. Uh, No, Holding On. Holding On. Now, I have played Holding On, which is the game about a a dying man, correct? Is that the one I'm thinking of? I appreciate... Now, that game, when I first played it, meant nothing to me. And now, after spending about uh, several months doing hospice work, I think that game was obviously... If I played it again and looking back on it, I think it certainly means something completely different. Mm. And it's because of experiences. And you're, you're, that, that game was designed, obviously, by people who are trying to have... They wanted you to be able to live and see this, this character go through this end stage of life and being able to go back and look at, at their previous dealings. What, what you're saying to me, though, tends to lend more itself towards storytelling games right so and and that's a good that's a good point now that is a good when you're when you watch shows there are certain shows i say shows television to whatever that when you see them they mean nothing to you because you have not experienced that like you're you're playing off the idea of do if you came into this episode of ted lasso it doesn't mean nothing to you but you have to watch the whole show for it to mean something to you no no, that's oh, okay. not what I'm meaning. Okay. I'm meaning in your life experiences. Like, I mean, like like watching an episode of Bones or 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 uh, Law and Order. It's just a it's 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 just a formulaic thing they go through. Correct. So you're watching something that perhaps has affected you. Okay. Like like you you have seen something and and it's something that you have experienced and you go, this show captures it. My wife, the other day, we were watching television. We were having a date night. Hashtag date night. Uh, oh, my God. I love you, honey. You're one of those? Uh, yeah, we are. And we watched Backdraft together. <laughs> uh, oh, which, the most romantic of shows. Oh, yes. Which did, uh, Dan, have you ever watched Backdraft? I vaguely remember putting your hand backwards on a doorknob. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's the uh, Kurt Russell, uh, Robert Burns. That's not his name. That's a golf mash. Uh show about firemen when it's it's very it's it's, it's kurt it's, russell and many flames and slow motion it's hans zimmerman soundtrack and ron howard directing and it hans was, zimmer not zimmerman he is the man he uh-huh. is the man it's 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 a very overdone 90s show anyways that soundtrack was lit it was lit the show was just about just over dramatized firefighter stuff and while we're watching it, I gripe the entire time going, this is not. I'm sure you did. This is not right. This is not. It's not accurate. This it's is not, not accurate. accurate. And it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But while we're watching the show, my wife's like, well, this the show is not about is it accurate. It's about the feeling behind it. You're watching and mm. thinking it's a firefighting show. It's not about firefighting. And then when I'm watching the show, I realize, no, this is about a relationship between two brothers their relationship in connection with their father and dealing with the trauma of losing their father at a young age and how that affected them. The show's completely different mm. when you look at it through that perspective. Now, Just I'm, like Vertical Limit with Chris O'Donnell hiking that mountain. Absolutely. I'm scared of heights. That show means a lot to me. Uh, but no, when you watch a show where you yourself have some sort of input, it's something that you yourself have either experienced or witnessed mm-hmm. or been a part of, it it's it hits differently. So that's as, true. It hit as, a little different as, as the kids, kids say. say. Uh, and at I least think, three years ago. I think with board games, sometimes we play games and we're looking for not just sensations, but emotions that perhaps are just 
outside, sometimes are just outside of what we were expecting. Like, that's why I've often said about Game of Thrones. Unexpected emotions. Right. Game of Thrones is not a great game. It's not a game that I recommend to everybody. But I like that sneaky little finger backstabbing. I'm telling you we're going to do this, but in the back of my mind, I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. I love that type of gameplay, and I love that feeling of I've outsmarted you. Just real quick. See, Dan, this is what happens. If I don't in- interrupt Jerry, he can talk for a long time. So if you want to kick in here at any moment, <laughs> oh, no, I, I, please I, I, I feel I free. Point, but I, but, I, but, I, but it, it depends on Jerry's uh, Game of Thrones. Right, we need so. to wrap up this conclusion. Is Dan you've been ta- on? You've been- <laughs> Dan's on, Jerry. I don't know if you're aware. Um, but you've been talking for a while. Please wrap it up so that Dan can speak. Listen. All right, all right. I'm just saying is that emotions and sensation and Jim Beam. They're not all the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting you said about Game of Thrones, though, because I don't enjoy those. Because like I, I think emotion, the more you get player interactions, so the more you get other other sacks of meat sitting across the table from you, is the more that emotion start being involved in games. And also, the more kind of a merry trashy you get, the more narrative driven, the more mm-hmm. like the more likely it is it's going to invoke emotions and things like that. And the more Euro. It's going to be the more logical and, and and straightforward and stuff, but I don't enjoy experiencing negative emotions, and I count being backstabbed or backstabbing somebody else or or all that kind of stuff to be a negative emotion. I don't enjoy hidden traitor games because I don't enjoy that that feeling of of going behind people's back. I don't enjoy the feeling of people going behind my back and all that kind of stuff, even though it's within the safe safe acceptable magic circle of a board game. Just like I don't enjoy horror films where I don't enjoy being scared, even though it's within the safe magical circle of this isn't real, it's a it's a film, I still don't enjoy it. I still don't enjoy I don't enjoy practicing those emotions. People say that horror films are popular because people people get something out of practicing that emotion, if you see what I mean. Um practicing being scared, practicing being concerned and things like that, because it's in a safe, safe space and so therefore you can you can go through the motions without actually having to to do it for real and and similarly hidden traitor games high conflict games all that kind of stuff allow you to be aggressive within a safe acceptable space but just like i don't enjoy being scared even within the safe space i don't enjoy feeling aggressive even within the space space that's completely my own perspective on things and I, and I accept that other people do, and I don't think less of it, but I think a little bit less. It sounds like you're saying I'm a closeted psychopath who oh, likes well, to backstab I think, I think the word closeted is right. doing a lot of work. <laughs> well, see, when we played the, the very game that Jerry's talking about, Game of Thrones, he backstabbed me. Instantly. And so, like, inst- like, instantly, like, first move out of the bucket, he back. Jerry, we got an alliance, right? Yeah. All right. Oh, you've turned against me. I was angry. Like, I was angry. But being able to, uh, continuing on playing the game, I appreciated that. I appreciate that a game, a game is able to evoke that emotion in me. I'm like, to me, that's something. Like, I appreciate that that game enabled Jerry to make that move, made me so angry that he betrayed me. And I'm like, Wow, like without this construct of this game, I wouldn't have experienced that. But because of this game, I now know yeah. how Jerry is. <laughs> so it's a, it's a safe environment, isn't it? It's a safe environment to play out those emotions. It's nice to know that like if I was born 
hundreds of years ago, I would have been in the situation. I'd be dead. You'd be alive. <laughs> I would be one of these people that would have been my, my persona. And this board game allows me to exercise what is something that I find to be not necessarily a quality, because I don't think that backstabbing and convincing and things of this nature is necessarily a quality. Because in real life, I would never manipulate and move about. But the fact is, is that I know deep down in my psyche, there is something that exists that I find to be rather entertaining when I indulge in it in this in this realm of being able to say, look, this is we're going to plan this out. This is what we're going to do. And at the very last, that feeling of, OK, yeah, you thought this is what we're going to do, but I put it over on you. You, you, you assume this is what was going to take place. But now I have moved everything around to where now I have the upper hand. And this has all occurred with your you went along with it. I've tricked you. Congratulations. I'm a magician. I've, I've, I've manipulated things to work out into my favor. And I think that board games allow people to indulge in those emotions. And I think that's an interesting point, that the difference between emotions and these sensations that they give you. And really, I think that that's really what makes a great board game is either those that, that hinge on these very intense emotions. like So like cos- narr- narrative games tend to lead towards stronger emotions. I think a merry trash rather than narrative. I think obviously sometimes they're, they're quite closely linked. Yeah. Just, just as Joe was about to say, Cosmic Encounter can invoke yes. some pretty intense emotions, and that isn't a narrative game. There's a narrative. There's a way, it is in that a narrative emerges from it because a sto- you, you can tell us you can't tell a story about what happened in Agricola um, a month later, but you can definitely tell a story about what happened in Cosmic Encounter a month later. So, so a narrative does emerge, but it's not it's it's not a storytelling game. So then, uh, speaking of these two different types, then so let's say a Ameri- American uh, narrative gives you strong emotions. A good European gives you a sensation. Is <laughs> I know that, some good Europeans. Is that what we're saying? So, like, uh, so, like, we were saying, uh, like this game we just played, Space Race, straight up Euro style game card playing, zero sensation, nothing linked together. The th- there was no theme, zero sensation, zero. Emo- uh, I, it gave me anger, but not in a good way. But like uh, a solid game, like Marco Polo, any uh, Crescent City Cargo, any of these games that you're doing these logic puzzles and it, it, it clicks that thing in your brain, you're like, gives you this good sensation, which I guess now we're differentiating that according to this podcast, a good... Well, we don't have to. I'm just saying, in my mind, it's differentiated. Well, that's a curious thing, though. A good sensation in your brain, that tickle of your brain versus an emotion. Good vibrations. A good vibration in your brain versus an outright emotion of anger, joy, happiness, Mm -hmm. exultation, betrayal. It's interesting. I'd like to I'd like to know the delineation between those two. I think it's been personal, won't it? it yeah, it is personal. Like I with Cosmic Encounter, like all the great experiences. Like I think we could we should just do a Patreon and just have sell tickets to play Cosmic Encounter with Enrique cuz anytime you bust out Cosmic Encounter, Enrique loses his ever-loving mind. <laughs> How so? Because of the cards. Enrique likes cards. He likes having a weird power that is super... Ins- oh, hold on, hold on. Enrique, you've been off this whole time. But mainly, I can, 
Jerry is afraid to just play card ga- games with me. I don't. Yeah, yeah he's won't. scared. You're saying he's, he's scared. scared. I can I'm, see him trembling for me. That's an emotion. He's scared. Uh, de- Action, you know what? Deck building games. Hey, wait, wait. We played Furnace. That was a card game. It was a card game. And I believe and that who you. won? Uh, you did. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Enrique. But not just any card game, mainly deck building. I have a somewhat innate ability of being able to just play a deck building game. And I don't know what it is. And deck building to me is a craft because it takes a lot of skill and knowledge to be able to to piece together this. And it is very satisfying to do so. But like with Cosmic Encounter, being able to have this weird power and this negotiation and these weird cards and the backstabbing. Some of my most favorite of board game stories that I've ever had have come from playing Cosmic Encounter with Enrique and a large group of people. And it's because of the alliances that are made, the craftiness of the of the negotiations and the card play, and just the absolute craziness that occurs in that game. And so I think that that's... I think that... Really, one has to come down when it comes to what you prefer as a board game. And I, and I wanted to delve into this a little bit myself in terms of, I, I don't want to say it. It's like, well, it, it's it's heralding back to what Dan has said, where he's just not play, played a lot of board games. I myself, within the past <laughs> two months, have played the least amount of board games I ever had in many, many years. Mm. And thinking about that, of like, why have I lost? Because even when I've not been able to be around Gobby and play the multiplayer games I've often played solo. And at some point in time, I've realized I have gotten into this habit where I would much rather either be watching a a Netflix show, which is out of character for me, or playing some sort of mind-numbing video game or something that just takes pressure off of me, rather than engaging in something that I find to be actually stimulating. I think maybe I'm just depressed. That it's just that. I think that's what that's called. It could be. Are you drinking in these times? Constantly. Oh, yeah, that's depression. But no, it's this idea because you used to. the depression or alcoholism. Used to. One can lead to the other. It was the idea of I want to, you know, I was excited by the idea of busting out some board game, whether it just be reading the rules or punching it out. You used, you love reading rules. You love playing solos. I'm shocked that you haven't like had something set up and like that's what you're going to. No. it's mental energy, though, isn't it? What he's describing is he's getting pleasure at the moment. He's he's in, enjoying having mental load taken off him rather than placed on it because you're, you're busy at work. Right. So, so, and that's why I, I go back to that's why Gina, my, my wife, wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's still classic, right? She hates board gaming, the games that I like to play, because she always says, I don't want to sp- expel that mental energy because I, I'm exhausted from work. She thinks a lot at work. So do you, even more so, lives are depending on you sometimes to do the same. I, I'm a hero. You're, you're a freaking hero. And as a hero. According have, to you. I have, no, and my community, the, my community, co-workers. The plaque says so. Does the plaque say hero on there yes, anywhere? it does. It legitimately, I made a cop. <laughs> what I, does I, it say? Healthcare hero. Hero! He. Dan, you're in the midst of a hero. There's How no does that make you? I'm just, I'm just furious. I haven't got healthcare hero i was working during covid well i mean it's different i got truck driving hero 
You're, you're, you're a speed racer. Those rocks would not have gotten there lest I had been behind the wheel. <laughs> the, uh, I dro- drove by uh, a very dangerous overpass there in our area, and I saw a rock truck tipped over into the median there and instantly called Gobby and said, are you okay? <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> a lot of times he's just driving, me? watching Squid Games on his phone and then drives off the road. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, is he all right? I got to make sure. Going back to that mental energy, like this is an executive function, I guess. It's like you're tired at the end of the day and you just want to. I've deleted, um, and I don't buy into TikTok. this. Yeah, I, t- I told Gabby. Gabby's always watching TikTok. And Love I, TikTok. I, I, That's where I get all my news from. Well, I, 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 Gabby's always sending me these videos and I didn't have the app. And so I ended, hilarious. I ended up getting the app and then I thought, this is going to be a neat experiment. I'm going to just watch this app for a little bit and see what videos pop up. And apparently, TikTok thought that I was super (laughs) interested in Bigfoot and skinwalkers and UFOs. I don't know what it saw in me or what I watched. That's called the FYP for you page. That means you clicked on something that triggered the algorithm. Like every video was just making me more paranoid of like, maybe there is. Or maybe you said, I listened to Death by Monsters on and TikTok was listening. But with that, I, I deleted it because it realized that like TikTok is useless. Like I like being able to get information from something, not somebody rattling on for 30 minutes. And then or 30 seconds and then it's gone. But this feeling of I need to have something that is stimulating, that's hard to get back to. And this idea of like dopamine, you know, surging through your brain because you're you're playing this bejeweled or TikTok or whatever on your phone. I think that's a that's an important aspect of how we can drown out and keep ourselves entertained, but not really stimulated. Well, we had this discussion previously, and I was saying there's something different between drowning hours into social media. Talk about no feeling. You get zero feeling from that other than wasted time. You're like, where the Mm -hmm. crap did my time go? As opposed to when you do put forth, when I put forth, I'm going to say you, when I put forth a time to set up a solo board game, say I set up a solo board game. When I sit there and I play a game of it, two games of it, I told Jerry in a previous podcast, I feel like a sense of satisfaction from playing a solo board game, more so than watching a show or browsing social media. I get nothing out of social media, but when I play a solo board game, it gives me a sense of satisfaction. The only, (laughs) this is completely stupid. The only thing that kind of gives me that is when I complete a series of television, (laughs) when I close something out, I have completed Cowboy Bebop. I'm done with it. I get that sense of fulfillment, like I've accomplished this. (laughs) It's so stupid. That's no more valid than than finishing a solo board game. I mean, I know, I know, but more often when I play a solo board game, I get that feeling or even reading a book, completing a book. It's like this... It's because it's because in in your mind you you have you have categorized things into virtuous and non-virtuous, and playing playing a solo so playing a board game you've categorized as virtuous for whatever reason. Reading a book you've categorized as virtuous for whatever reason, and finishing a series of things gives you that sense of completion. And, and I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I've got a little TV app, and if I finish a series, I do too. <laughs> 
I got it, and I click that button, and it like yeah. makes this little animation. And, and, and even seeing the even seeing the percentage of how many Bob's Burgers. Oh, I've done thirty three percent of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> something in us as human beings that we, we, we enjoy like things we like to complete things we, we see as, as valuable we feel like we're making progress even yeah. though we're not <laughs> we're not i completed cowboy bebop did that, six, that that do anything for my life to me and my brain you're, it did. you're ready for the live action I'm ready. Now. i want to see how they interpret uh Yes, whatever. But Gabby, it did do something for like because you consumed a piece of art. I guess so. Thank I you. consumed art. Yes, you are. The you consumed art a piece eater. of art, and, and and therefore your 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 cultural your cultural in a in a cultural self is richer for consuming a piece of good quality art. That's why you feel. That's why you feel positive. I like that. That's very good, Dan. You're consuming art. I'm consuming art. Just like when you finish a book, you've consumed art, and occasionally you might. Sometime ten years in the future, something might remind you of that book or something like that, and it kind of goes, "Oh, yeah, it's now in your brain. It, it, it's you've developed yourself I'm as like, a human oh, being." Yeah. Oh yeah, what, I watched what, that. What have I just watched the fourth season of Will and Grace? I am consuming <laughs> art. I would argue you are consuming art. Yeah. Gray and Anat- Gray's Anatomy, season oh, ten. Man, don't get me started on Gray's Anatomy. Um, but. I- Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, well, leading into that, it's like, okay, so then it's like, okay, uh, talking about, then you go into art, consuming art. What's art? What's not? I mean, is watching a, there's some movies that's like, oh man, you know, the critics are like, that is a work of art. That's a piece of art. As opposed to something that's just like National Lampoon's Vacation or whatever. (laughs) I mean, you don't get the same feeling from watching that as you do Schindler's List. It's like you feel an accomplishment. Or you well, there, there, there's, a, there's a snobbism to that, Gabby, which is which is appropriate for this podcast. Obviously, there's a, there, there's a snobbism from that, and I would I, I would say that you get you get something from everything. I mean, the, the problem comes when you just do that exclusively when you just watch TV all the time. But a wide variety of diets of 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 going for walks and playing board games and reading books, reading comics, watching TV, watching films that that can't do anything, but, but make you richer. So this is my question then. Is it okay to be a consumer only? It's interesting, isn't it? Because I sometimes feel guilty that I'm a, when, when I, when I produce only like when I, at the moment when I'm occasionally putting out board game content, but not really listening to any board game content, watching any board game content, or even playing many board games, I feel guilty because I feel like I'm, I'm almost leeching off the audience type type stuff. I'm, I'm being disingenuous. I think it is. I think I think it is okay to be a consumer only, but it's it's. Uh, I don't know how anyone manages it because I can't look not, just like you guys. I mean, you guys are have an internal desire to. To produce, even though no one listens. Um, (laughs) Well, I've heard this analogy many times in my life. It's like being invited to a, I don't know, what's they call that? A potluck. Do you have potluck dinners, Dan? um, Yes, I know what they are. I think they're called something else here. Like I bring a casserole, Jerry brings a spotted dick. That's what it's something more cultural. (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you what. If you have, if I ever visit, I'm bringing a spot to Dick's. It's lovely. I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> so it's like everyone brings something to the meal, but you're the yeah, only yeah. one. You're just consuming only. So it's like, when do you bring something to the table? 
So that's kind of like the thing I always wonder about. It's like, you know, I'm just, I'm taking it all in, but what am I contributing? Well, besides this podcast. Um, I mean, besides this podcast, I, nothing. I think in terms of creativity, though, like cre- we, we, we've had this discussion about creativity being something that's it's not passive. It's something you have to actively engage in, something you have to do to get better at and to get kind of the juices flowing. And like Dan, like Dan is obviously someone who has produced and has been on both sides of that spectrum. My juices are flowing everywhere. I've, well, I've, we've, we have been privy to <laughs> a lot of You should wear a your, diaper. We've been privy yeah. to a lot of your juices. Um, the- Speaking of which, so like, uh, not to, I'm going to interrupt you shortly, but uh, along these lines, Jerry's like, you got to, like, to be a writer, you got to write. Like, right. you just got to write, write, write. Just, just start writing. And I've read that before. If you want to write comedy, anything you want to do, artistic or whatever, you just got to do it. If you want to be a writer, just start writing. So the other day, <laughs> so stupid. The other day I'm, I'm thinking about, I don't know why this popped into my brain, but like, I don't, I, I'm trying to learn to write things down as they pop into my brain. So like, you know, there's the movie Apocalypse Now. Right. I heard somebody say the other day something about the Acropolis. <laughs> I'm like, what about the Acropolis Now? And I say, I like the smell of gyros in the morning. <laughs> so that's, that's a joke. I should write that down. But is that a joke? Is it any good? Well, it doesn't matter. I'm writing it down. Now I'm creative. Yeah. Yeah. And you write down every day. Don't you? You still take your, you do your teenage journal, don't you? Do I say it? I thought you do a journal, don't you, Gabby? Yes. Diary. Yeah. Well, you're writing then, aren't you? Yes. You've been creative every single day. I, I'm writing. I don't know how creative it is, but yes. Well, it is creative. It is creative. That's that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Acropolis now. I like the smell of gyros in the morning. Or oh, Feta. I didn't realize this was a vehicle for you to, to make that joke. That was a, it was a vehicle oh, for me to make that joke, but now I can erase it from my journal. Well, there you go. But I think that I think that producing something and being creative, like having something that is that is yours is a different feeling than obviously than consuming. I think that when you just consume things, you get into this mindset of, I don't want to say being critical, but it's almost like it's never enough. It's like when you have to actually do something yourself, you have a deeper appreciation for it. Like I must assume that like Dan has a different viewpoint of board games having to have to go through the design process and then publishing it and then Kickstarters that now from my viewpoint of it, it's just, I'm giving somebody my money. I hope this game shows up sometime in the future and that the meeples aren't warped. It's different. It's this, a different thought process. This will go into our podcast next week that we recorded, but we're in the past and the future. <laughs> we were talking about when does something become worthy of criticism and then how do people feel about that criticism? So have you ever heard a, so if someone was to give a negative review of Cora quest, have you, I will, have you heard, (laughs) have you heard a negative review of Cora quest, Dan? Um, so, well, I've heard negative reviews of Cora, not reviews, but I've heard negative opinions of Cora quest from playtesters, which have been very useful because that, that helped me change it. 
but now it's set in stone and is in a box and I can't change it. Okay. Um, it hasn't come out yet, so so no one has been had the chance to. I'm very very fearful of it. I must admit. So once um, it, once it comes out and you see the first one that says this is more like Snora Quest. How, how do you? <laughs> do, uh, uh, no doubt, as the designer, uh, how do you think that will affect you? That's going to sting. It's going to sting. I, I've, I've kind of, I'm, I'm in the unfortunate position of being a complete narcissist. I'm going to watch absolutely everything. I still Google Core Quest to see if anyone's talking about it now. No one is, but I still Google it to check if anyone is. Um, so when it actually comes out and people are going to start talking about it, 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 it does worry me. I have got the. I don't like the term imposter syndrome because it's just anxiety, really. But I, I have got the the thing saying, well, I'm kind of only a game designer because I said I was one. No one gave me any, you know, I didn't have to do exams. I did, you know, I just did it and then put it out. And it's my first one and it went really well for a first one. And maybe, maybe it's not going to be live up to everyone's expectations and things like that. You know, I, me, me and Cora designed it. I'm a idiot and Cora's eight. Do you know what I mean? What you expected. So, so I do worry about it. But then I sit on my kicks out of millions and I think, well, whatever, I've got the money now anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we were discussing. It's like, you know, is is when something becomes worthy of the the question is in the future of this podcast, (laughs) when does something become worthy of criticism and what makes it so? And when you criticize that, how should you frame it? And there's lots of people that say, rather than saying objectively, this is not good. A lot of reviewers have gone to the lane of, in my opinion, this is not good. But then some people say, well, you're just giving yourself a cheap way out. Either it's good or it's not good, blah, blah, blah. So, and then we were yeah. talking about the effect th- that I, has on. I think, I think, in my opinion, should never need to be stated when, you, when you're when you doing a review. I because agree. It's redundant, right? That is, that's redundant because, because, yes, that is what a review is. No, no one can take an objective opinion on anything in the entire world ever. Certainly not a board game. Well, I can. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby often cops out of something every time he makes a strong, strong statement. Well, I, because of opinion, that, because I don't like to hurt feelings. And I know that hard work does go into stuff, but Space Race. I didn't enjoy it. I think Space Race sucked. Other, literally, uh, I posted on uh, We're Not Wizards uh, Facebook page. I said, has anybody played this? And somebody said, yeah. Is he yeah. still alive? He's still alive. I haven't heard from him in a long time, but he's still active on his Facebook. Uh, but someone did say they like Space Race a lot. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then I played it. I did not enjoy it at all. I think it's fine to recognize other people like stuff you don't. But um, but I, th- I don't like, in my opinion, you know, it's like, well, yeah, we know we, we know that already. We know it's your opinion. Everything um, I say is my POV. No, so. I like to yeah. say other people's opinion and pass it off as my <laughs> I often read reviews before I give, you know, my opinion on things. Well, but yeah. I find that just the whole creative process of, of not just board gaming, I think it can be applied to movies or anything. When anything comes out into the public sphere and now – we have this inward, I don't know. It's like, like now we're given permission that we can be critical of it, which is, is fine, I believe, in my opinion, because, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it is, it, uh, it's not objective. It is subjective. There are some objective thoughts that can be given in terms of, of quality and like perhaps the, the production value of something. But, but in terms of the actual feeling and emotions that something elicits, that's, purely obje- purely subjective and so to get tied up on that 
And I, I think that I think that stems from us being really concerned about not just being what we would consider to be critics of board games, which although we're not we're not board game reviewers, we're just critics. We're just harsh on what we like and <laughs> just yeah. There you go. Uh, that rather at the same time there is a certain there's got to be a certain amount of satisfaction that just comes from the hard work and the labor of designing a board game no matter what anybody thinks of it yeah and so i that's i think that's the point what i'm trying to do is make you feel good that when core quest has horrible (laughs) reviews that you can at least sit back and bask in the glow that you had a good time making it and nobody can take away the experience that you had designing a board game with your dog exactly i mean i always said i just wanted I mean, this isn't the game. But this is the rule book. I just wanted, I just wanted that in my hands, and I've got that in my hands now. So that is what I wanted out of it ultimately, um, and the rest of it's gravy. So, uh, so yeah. And I'm very glad that I could inspire you. Well, to great. Yeah, you, you, you did to a certain extent because I never, th- I wouldn't, I don't think I would have said you fancy making a board game if I hadn't just recorded with you the day before. Yeah. See, and that's 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 so you heard it himself. I am a board game well, hero. So I'm a healthcare hero. What you need to do yeah. is make now you and Jack and Kaya make a derivative game of Core Quest. No, well, no, no, my kids aren't smart enough. Okay. Oh, it's okay. Your kids are the same age as Cora. I don't mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, his kids are American now. They're American. What oh, were they going to bring out? My kids snap. eat glue. <laughs> uh, Dan, thanks for coming on. No worries. I, a pleasure as always with an hour's notice. Uh, yes, you came in guns <laughs> a blazing for this Podbean's featured special. Yeah, but Libsyn's a bit better, but still. <laughs> you know, I, I I have struggled when when we were looking for a podcast host. It's like Libs. There's so many out there. You can now you can post on Anchor for free, and hey, they will hey, they will. No, let me take that back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, uh, give your family our uh, hellos and give my car love. Oh, well, I will. Do I have to wake him up now? But okay. No, no. All right, I'm, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> Next time you see Mike, give him our love. Three months away. When's that not going to be? I'm all right. He's too yeah. busy at the Dice Tower Spa. DTHQ. Am I right? Whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Gabby. This is Jerry. This is Enrique. And this has been Dan. Dan. Let me me say Dan. My bad. I'm Dan. Oh, go. I'm Dan. (laughs) Dan. Dan. That's going to be the new soundbite. Dan the man he is. I'm Don. All right. Very good. I'm Dan. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. I'm Dan.